Hello and welcome to episode 32 of the My Fancy Zamboni podcast. We've had a couple of weeks off um, as Dave and Greth were on the jollies out in Slovakia. But as per usual, we are joined by Mr. David Grant. Hello, Dave. Uh, good afternoon, Joe. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon. It's about the first time that we've never done this recording at like 1am, which is quite nice. We're also joined by Mr. Gareth Dutton. Hello, Greth. Hello, Joe. Who is, the, who is Gareth Dutton? It's Greth. The question on everybody's mind, hashtag who is Gareth Dutton. And we are joined by Mr. Andy Stafford. Andy, hello. Uh, Joe, hi, hello, everyone. Short and sweet. So... We've got everybody in the same room today, so we are recording it live again. You may have noticed the uh, slight change in intro music today. That is apparently the uh, ultra-irritating gold music that Slovakia were playing out in the world, as, as per uh, Dave and Gress recollection. Um, so this, this week's episode is going to be a bit of a, a, world ca- a World Champs recap, a bit of a World Championship special. So we're not going to be discussing anything Elite League-related per se. Um, that will come next week when <laughs> we're probably going to end up having about a two-hour episode again. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm going to pass over to Dave for the first game. Uh, obviously, Germany v GB. Uh, what do you say? It's, it was Everyone was just excited for the whole tournament and that. And then it's the game day and, and the Germans. And you, you watch these tournaments and everyone goes, maybe get something. You know, teams rusty in the first day, the first game. And, and you know what? GB played outstanding. They, they they gave Germany a, a, a very good game. They, they pushed them and, and pressed them all the time. Germany scored in the last minute of the second period on a scrappy goal. That was, you know, there was a huge battle in the crease area with bounds. Pucks fed out and they eventually got through with, like, like I said, I think with 40 seconds left of the second. Mike Hammond gets a, gets equaliser. Wonderful assist by um, Dreisaitl. And then Germany just kind of pushed on from there and showed the dominance um, in that game. But it was a, a great start for GB. Say, remember their first game at the top level for 25 years. Yes, it was a defeat, but it was a great step into the tournament. And I don't know what you thought, Gref, but it was a great account by all the team. And Ben Baums played the game that showed what he was going to do for the whole tournament. Yeah, I thought... Personally, I thought the game was it was really good. I mean, it was unfortunate they got a goal like forty seconds in the forty seconds left in the second period. Unfortunate, but then when Hammy scored, I think we all just we all just screamed and lost. <laughs> oh, definitely! Every time Hammy scored, I mean, when you that's his nickname. How did you come up with that name? <laughs> Don't know. Ask Finner. <laughs> but yeah, I think even the people behind us in the boxes, they were just shocked at how we celebrated that goal. It was really good. Um, dry title probably thought Hammond was my David, giving me an assist. It was, it was beautiful. Five hole as well. It's wonderful. I was quite lucky to see most of the game. I was, I was in a, in a uh, charity tournament that day. Uh, was for Western Park. A really good game for GB. Uh, I, I mean, Germany, probably one of the toughest teams in the competition. Uh, the likes of Dreisaitl, Kozen, uh, Kozen, I think. Um, and, and some of the people that, that I played in the, in the NHL, so... It was always going to be a tough game, uh, but 
they brought it and they really pushed them really far. And um, I think what was more gutting for us is that we came so close to beating them rather than it being a, a total washout. And that's just so, so much credit to GB. The, you know, they came into that game, really focused on it. Um, I, I think it was a fantastic one to, to start with as well. Um, but no, just can't fault the effort at all. Um, played really well and, and they gave probably the fifth, sixth best country in the world a great run for the money here. Yeah, I think, I mean, we started as we meant to go on, really, with it. The thing that surprised me the most was, you know, we were going up against the Giants. We were going up against the top the top teams in, in the world, and we weren't sitting back. We weren't playing a game of, you know, keep away. We weren't just kind of thinking, right, we're going to play this game completely defensively. From the off, we were trying to create chances on their goal. You know, we were constantly pushing for a goal. It was like we weren't just going to go, OK, we've, it was like we were going into every game going, oh, we've not lost this. You know, we're going to push for a result. And that was really great to see because it would have been easy for it to, you know, for us to kind of go into every game and just say, right, you know, like even say Germany, first game of the tournament, let's just keep it defensive, keep it out of our end and then we'll take the chances when we get them. But now it was all, even then it was a, it was a game of chance. It was a game of, you know, you're playing, you're playing the chances, you're taking your chances and you, you're grasping the game. Which was really good to see because you know if it if it ended up being a game of keep away it could have been quite a boring watch particularly watching it on TV, um, but there yeah and then as you say you end up playing against the likes of Dry Saddle, you know first uh, first taste of seeing uh, the likes of Jonathan Phillips and uh, and the GB boys playing against those NHL players that uh, that, that we watch on TV at three a.m. in the morning um, and that, yeah it was, just, it was just a big moment wasn't it but. Um, it makes you wonder the way that Germany progressed through the tournament, what they'd have done if they'd have got the likes of, you know, Thomas Hurtle coming from San Jose. If they, it surprised me that they didn't play, um, that they didn't play Grice between the pipes. I don't know what you thought to that, Dave. Obviously, as you as you got swept by Carolina and would have had the chance to have Grace go to the World Champs because Matt Murray was there straight away because he got swept. Um, exactly. Um, it was a bit of a surprise that Grice didn't go. Um, Grice is very much committed to the German programme uh, in terms of playing for the national side. So maybe Grice just wanted um, the year off. I don't know. Um, there's no word or reason why Grice didn't uh, make the either side. Like you heard Crosby, uh, McDavid and all them give it some version of it, of an excuse. Patrick Lyonet, this exact, yeah. So not, there was not, nothing of that at all. So it would, it would have been great, personally, to see him against Grice. Um, but, you know, the, the Germans aren't um, too um, shoddy, shoddy in the, uh, the net mining department. And when you've also got some of the top DL goalies not even make the national side there, they've got strength in that department. So, you know, the one we saw, the net miners, you know, they, they had a good set and... Uh, you know, they then kind of was enhanced later on the time when Grubara came over, when uh, Colorado were knocked out. It was just, you know, you know, not as embarrassed with the riches as the Russians, but the Germans are, are very uh, well looked after in the net mining department. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Greffs just pointed out that I got that wrong. Thomas Hurtle isn't German. He's uh, Czech. He's Czech. So scratch that. Um, but hey-ho. Uh, then we move on to game two. I'll pass the game two over to Greff for Canada VGB. I think this was a, a game that most GB fans were looking forward to the most. I mean, when you look at Canada, they were like stats full of NHL stars. 
We said stars. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was for me. It was good to see like the likes of Sam Reinhart and Brendan Montour, who both play for Buffalo, and also seeing Lindy Ruff, ex-Buffalo coach. But then seeing the likes of Carter Hart and then Matt Murray, as you mentioned, Jared McCann, Anthony Mantha. You're looking at those those teams and you're like, yeah, we're probably not going to get much out of this, but they give up a really good effort, GB did. Might have been 8-0 on the scoreline, but we did pretty well. I mean, at the end of the game, the whole crowd even gave us a standing ovation, which was brilliant because we didn't think that was going to... We thought it was just going to be us. I was going to give them the, the standing ovation, but obviously not. I mean, we almost got a goal as well that got washed off. Was it high stick? Which is... It happens, but... Oh, well. Yeah, this game was like the... the Sort of prom day, wasn't it, for GB? Uh, up against Canada, I mean, uh, these players playing for GB, they never thought in their lifetime they were playing against Matt Murray. Uh, you know, you know, Carter Hart, uh, Montour, I, it, you know, people are, it's, it must be amazing for them. And, um, you know, to not get, get beat by double figures is something that's good because, you know, look at the depth on, on that Canada team. Uh, I don't think there's any, any one of them that hasn't played in the NHL. So, you know, th- there's a massive stepping stone there. But they gave them a good game. And, um, you know, it, it was to be expected, the sort of scoreline and things like that. But it doesn't sort of reflect as to how, how GB played because they played really, really well through that. And, um, you know, massive credit to them. They did really, really, really well. Yeah, absolutely. As you say, this is this was one of the most anticipated games for GB going into the tournament. Um, Matt Murray wasn't starting, was he? Matt Murray was was on the bench, but um, you know, Canada obviously came out hard. GB pushed back against them, which was great to see. Again, pushed all game to try and get the goal. Obviously, the game finished eight nil, so they didn't manage to, to net one in the end. But again, a, a team that had never ever expected to be going up against the likes of Canada, and all of a sudden they're putting chances on. And, you know, they were creating some good scoring chances and, and Canada did a good job to keep them out. But um, I have to say, one of the, one of the highlights for me was uh, there was there a couple of moments with Davy Phillips in the game. Uh, the first, uh, I think it was Canada's second goal, um, which was a, a lovely assist by Jared McCann. Went behind the net, played the pass behind his back to the guy in front of the net and he just popped it, but he just slid it in. Um, just as the puck goes across the line for Canada, Davy Phillips lays off an absolute belter of a hit on Jared McCann on the boards. Um, and I have to say, I was watching it. We, you know, we were watching it on TV, and we had a we had a, a, a mate round watching it. And I, I turned around to him and said, "How hilarious would it be if we just think, forget the game? Davy Phillips goes out there and smacks Jonathan Marshall, and then." Five minutes later, David Phillips is lying on top of Jonathan Marshall, throwing in a couple of good punches. Um, I think that was one of the mo- most surreal games, bar probably the USA game, which we'll come round to later. But just seeing, as you say, you know, Jonathan Phillips leading out a team of GB players that we see week in, week out, 
going up against a team of players that, as, as Andy says, I don't think there was a single person on that roster that hadn't played NHL. Uh, it's just crazy. It was certainly a game for the Romantics. To put it in another sport context, it was like Newport County being in a group stage of the World Club Championship and playing Barcelona. Um, you know, you look at the uh, the wages. If you look, and the same with the USA team, the insurance that the players who played in the NHL to play in the World Champs, the cost of that insurance was more value than the highest paid player for GB. And that is one of the you know, guides of difference of this is the level you're playing against. And it was the game that any hockey fan goes, you're playing Canada. And that's just, it's, yeah, wow, you're there. It's, it's, it's happening now. Um, a lot of people out there was just, it still don't feel right, it still don't feel real. But as soon as you go up and you see your team up against, you know, Matt Murray, Stone, the, the, the NHL players on the Canadian side, it's like, yeah, you're here now. It, it was, you know, like Gref said, last minute and a half, the GB fans gave him a sanivation. Then the Savakins did the same. And you're just like, what? It, it, you know, they, they will not be used to applauding a team losing 8-0. The Canadians who we met before the game and during the game, and there was one guy who sat, sat, sat behind me and Gref, you know, really good bloke. Um, and I'll, I'll touch on to him after the, during the France game. And they just couldn't believe just the effort, the level. They expect they knew they were going to win, but they didn't think they'd have to battle. And GB gave the battle. GB gave a, a superb account for themselves. And that was the start of everyone kind of going, do you know what? They have, they have, they have the right to be at this level. They're going to have to work hard and they may have to survive every year. You know, one country didn't think that. We'll go on to them later on. But that was the start of teams going, no, this is good to have GB there. You know, I mean, the fans throughout the whole game, you're losing 8-0. And the fans didn't stop that third period. It was just constant noise for the GB fans. And then the, the, the whole arena got involved. And even the Canadians were like, you know, yeah, we're, we're going to cheer for you guys. You've earned it. They didn't the right. They didn't the respect of these NHLers who play in 20,000 arenas against, you know, likes of Ben Davis, Robert Farmer, David Phillips. Um, it's, it was just, it was, it was a surreal moment. Um, you you kind of go, when you were on the coach, come back, it's like, we've just watched us against Canada. Um, and yeah, it was, it was a, a we knew we were going to lose, but it was just, it was one of the moments where you go back and go, yeah, you were there, you saw it, whether on TV or, or out in Kashitsa, but it just, uh, you know, one of them, you was there moments. Um, but yeah. It wasn't uh, one of your, the you are there moments for me because I wasn't there. Um, so, <laughs> no, it's uh, you know it was it was bizarre watching it on TV. So I can't imagine what it was like sitting in that arena. Um, resent would be the word I would use <laughs> sitting on the sofa and watching it. But particularly when um, you see some games where Dave's messaging me a picture of Matt Murray in goal, um, which was really nice of him. Thanks for that, mate. Um, <laughs> But yeah, um, we move on from the Canada game, then obviously a, a result that was expected. Uh, we moved to probably, I don't want to use the word underwhelming, but probably the most underwhelming result of the World Champs for GB. It was the worst result for GB, um, which was completely unexpected, but it was the 9-0 game against Denmark. I'll kick this one off just on the, on the principle that I didn't actually see it, so I'll 
only speak briefly on this one. Um, I was at work. It was, um, I didn't have the luxury, as I say, of being over in Slovakia. So uh, quarter past three face-off wasn't optimum for me to be able to watch the game. Um, I think it was a 7-0 first period or something along those lines. It was a blowout first period from what I remember. Was it 4-0? Um, so yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I, I, I was sat at work checking the score and thought, oh, I might be able to catch the last ten minutes of it after work and sort of score and thought, actually, no, I'm okay. Um, did we get a goal waved off in that game as well, or am I making that up as well? I thought we got a high stick goal waved off in that game, but again, I might be making that up. Matt, I thought Matt Myers was, yeah, I, I was going to say. Yeah, I think the Canada game one was against Denmark. It was from what memory serves me right, from what my mum was telling me on the phone when I was on my way back from work, was uh, Matt Myers thought he put one in. I believe it was Matt Myers, uh, and it turned out to be above the crossbar. I will pass it over to Dave um, just to go on this because I don't actually know if Andy watched it either. Did you watch it? All right, I'll come. I'll come. We'll come back to Andy. I'll pass it over to Dave first. I think underwhelming was probably the way because you looked at the performance against Germany and Canada, and it was battling. It was tremendous and it just looked like there was an illness that just swept for the whole team because it was just completely polar opposite it weren't what we'd just seen the previous two games you know they'd gone from like I say against Germany and Canada well structured nice plays nice everything to not you know struggling to pass and it was just it was just like what's going off here it didn't it didn't make sense and this was a team that's still trying but just nothing was working um I think if, you know, had we had more chances on the Danish goalie, because he didn't, he weren't tested. And it's a bit disappointing because I think the, the times the puck got to him, he weren't that steady. But he didn't have to be anything more. He didn't have to, you know, he weren't, he weren't trialed or anything. So it was just disappointing. You know, you've seen them two games, but and even the crowd, you know, even the GB fans were just like, just all deflated. But in one respect, when we go on to the next game, it kind of helped because, you know, when we talk on the next game against the Americans, that was a complete different level of noise. Yeah, I'll pass it around. I'll just clarify because I've just double-checked. It was a 3-0 first period, uh, and then it was five goals put in in the second, so it was an 8-0 in the first two periods. Uh, but I'll pass it over to Andy. Yeah, um, obviously wasn't the... Uh the best of games. Um, couldn't remember reasons. Maybe just, just didn't expect Denmark to be to come out as as, as ready and fired up as, as they were, and um, just you know just, just couldn't put the heads into it. Uh, from what I can remember from it, there was quite a few penalties as well. So discipline was probably one area. Um, yeah, just a bad game. Uh, but. I think every team's allowed to have one bad game, and um, I think I'm, you know, it's one of those things you got, you know, they happen, and you, and next game you just got to say, well, that was a bad game. Let's go in different attitude. Let's try something else. See if that works. If that works, we'll go from there. And to be fair, that's what they did. And um, yeah, um, yeah, not a bad, not a good game. <laughs> It certainly wasn't a good game. I mean, looking at my notes at the moment for this game, I just put no words needed because it was, it was a horrid game to watch as a, a fan. Generally, there are words needed on a podcast, though, so a lot of people <laughs> I mean, Dave's already touched up on it anyway, so... Yeah. But yeah I, was like, I think 
what made it probably worse for me was because I was still still a bit still feeling it from the night before. But that was because yeah, beer pong. Uh, Slovakia were playing Canada, and it was six five. And then in Slovakia, if you're in like a well, the Irish pub that we were in, if Slovakia score, you get a free shot. So you had five free shots, and then beer pong, shot roulette. My body wasn't really feeling well. <laughs> <laughs> And then to go and watch that, it was just like, oh, great. I have to say that was one of the things that made me laugh uh, watching the uh, watching the premier uh, the free sports footage. Sorry, with uh, with Aaron Murphy and Paul Lady in the GB Finland game, which obviously we'll come back to later. Um, it opened up, and, and Aaron Murphy and uh, was trying to say about how. Uh, the GB fans and the Finland fans had been drinking together all week, and uh, it was quite funny because he was trying to like dumb it down a little bit, maybe not say, "Oh, the GB fans and the Finland fans have been getting smashed together all week," and he was like, "Oh yes, yeah, so and they've definitely been helping the, the local economy and um, and things like that." And then all of a sudden, Paul Mur- uh, Paul Murphy, Paul Lady, just suddenly turned around and said, "Oh yeah, yeah, well they've definitely been enjoying a few bevies together." <laughs> it was just like <laughs> brilliant. I'll say one thing about the Finns. They they were superb as a fan base and they were great to talk to and they were knocking back the drinks. We have huge thanks to the Irish bar in Preshoff, who was basically our base, looked after as well. Um, many drinks and shots were had in that bar. Recommend it if you're ever in Preshoff. There you go. That's a great place to drink and food. But on the first night we were there, there were about 20 Finns came in and no word of a lie. Back and forth in the bar, they should have just emptied the bottles of absolute vodka. They were just slinging them back and like, yeah, there you go. So uh, they certainly helped the economy. I mean, not that we didn't help the economy. Um, but yeah, um, yeah, the Finns, they, they knew. But uh, one of the, just to kind of, they were saying that the, the Latvians were the best fan base in Bratislava. And they were saying the GB fans. And they were saying, oh, how good would it be with the fans But if they played GB Latvia? And one of the comments was, the alcohol blood content would not be safe enough to hold that game. And in fairness, some of the uh, stories I've heard from the Latvian fans who I know a couple was in Bratislava, no, it wouldn't be. <laughs> yeah, brilliant. Um, then we move on to, as Andy says, the game where we really certainly drew a line under the Denmark game. We came back fighting, we came back hard, and again, one of the more anticipated games of the tournament. Um, you know, GB USA, that moment where, again, you get to see the GB boys, the boys that we see week in, week out, again, playing against the guys that we can only watch on TV at 1, 2 a.m. in the morning most of the time. Uh, we'll start this off with Andy, um, just because we've started off with Dave and Griff for most of the game, so I'll pass it over to Andy. Yeah, this was one hell of a game to bounce back from. Um, I mean, there is a lot of six three to USA. Uh, that's that's one incredible result. Not just for for those players, but for GB hockey as a whole. Um, you think about the wage gap between these two, these two countries, and it, it, honestly, that did not show from from what I saw at, at all. Um, you know, they're playing. Alex to bring out Jack Eichel, um, Johnny Goodrow, yeah, Patrick Kane. Well, Patrick who now actually? <laughs> pa- Patrick who? Um, now, just incredible. Um, <laughs> for me, one of the best games, um, just because of who they were up against, and to get a great result like that out of that game is absolutely phenom- phenomenal, and um, it. 
they can only go upwards from now for GB. After playing a display like that, um, I'm sure many scouts around Europe and around uh, North America have been watching that game. And I'll think, oh, this player looks really good. He played a really good game today. Um, and you never know. Um, they could get a contract in Europe, some of the British players, or North America. So that was a great game and uh, fair play fair play to GB there that did amazingly well yeah I mean we ended the first period 1-0 and we were all just like what's just happened this is a totally different team compared to the day before against Denmark I mean Hammond scored the first goal and then obviously Polini and Davis coming out of the box and just ripping it top shelf that was just a beautiful goal. I mean, he scored a better goal later on, but we'll come to that during the, the France game. I mean, I think probably one of the highlights, apart from those three goals, Ben Bounds robbing Jack Hughes. That was just beautiful because it was right in front of us as well. So we were like, wow, a guy that's projected to go the first overall, getting robbed by Ben Bounds. Which brought on the the hilarious meme on Twitter, which was Davy Phillips has more points than Jack Hughes. <laughs> I think that just summed it all up for us. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when we're heading for the game, we're all like, you know, how many goals are going to lose by? And we're all, I think the lowest we were was 12 goals we expected. Not in our wildest dreams. Greff said that we were all screaming after this goal against Germany because well, none of us were expecting. My God, the screams! And it was a fancy dress day as well. So you had all these, you know, you had Peter Heidi High, you had the Queens, um, uh, you had Cricket Bats, Spice Girls, um, you had different um, fancy dresses which um, the locals loved for some bizarre reason. Um, and then Hammond goes and equalises, and it was just a screamathon. Literally, everyone we weren't like cheering when you were doing all. It was like, what's just happened? We've just equalised against America. We've ended the first period one all against America. It's a team with the first line was twenty seven million dollar of talent, just three players, twenty seven million dollar, and we it's one all. It's like what on earth? Score second period was four two. Pelinas I think scored at the death. Um, and it took the Americans to like the last 10 minutes to actually have a stranglehold on the game. Last 10 minutes. And everyone just like, wow. I, I won't forget, we're walking out to get the tram back to where the, the bus were and just the atmosphere outside the ground. And everyone was, there was a game about to start because um, I was with the afternoon game. But just everyone was just cheering for GB. The drummers were going, even the local drummers were, were just outstanding. And they were just all about Wow, what have we just seen? Yes, everyone expected the Americans to win, but then they just—it was just incredible. Everyone was just like, "Wow!" We said about after the Canada game how bully battled. Boy, did you guys give them one hell of a game? We gave them bloody nose. They expected to walk in, get points, go home. That was their what they were going to do, and boy, they didn't. And even better when they had to wait. Um, to quaff the ice because they weren't happy with that. So the GB team, every game, applauded the whole arena and they went and did the loop round. Unfortunately, where the entrance were, it was like the end of it and the Americans weren't happy. So everything that they wanted to do just weren't happening. The only thing they did want to do and it happened was win. 
because they expected an easy game. Seeing the results, especially against Denmark, they expected it to walk over. No. And to that point, that's one you'll, you'd be thinking, we leave Slovakia with that memory and it'll just take you for the rest of the trip. But the scriptwriters had something else to say later on. Yeah, I think you guys have pretty much covered everything that he'd seen in the game, to be fair. I mean, watching it on TV and you, you kind of think... You kind of think... Um, you know, we were, we were battling against such a top team, and again, as, as Dave says, I mean, you, you look at the value in that team. You know, the NHL caps amongst even just the first line, um, it just blows your mind. And then, you know, twelve minutes into the game, and it's still goalless. And obviously, twelve seventeen, Van Riemsdyk pops in a, a rebound. There we go, one 0 and I think everybody at that point kind of thought. All the GB fans, I thought, I think at that point thought, right, we've had twelve minutes of glory, we've held them out for twelve minutes, fair play. This is where it gets blown out, and then three minutes later, Mike Hammond says no. <laughs> so to finish that period one-one was just insane. Um, let alone for the game to finish six-three, it was just incredible. Uh, obviously, all the goals coming from Pellini and Hammond, uh, sorry, Pellini and Davies. It's just, it was just baffling. Oh, it's the only word that I can use to to, to describe it. Was just baffling. Um, so then we go from the USA game. Uh, oh, oh, actually, yeah, just first, Gresh showed me a piece of paper and, and Dave showed me a piece of paper. Um, both with stats on. So we go with, with Gresh first, uh, was about Patrick Kane chirping to the GB team, who are you? Uh, I think he certainly knew by the end of the game. <laughs> uh, and Ben Bounds made a whopping 54 saves in that game. Ben Bounds really, really being that, that, that cornerstone player for, the, for, for GB. 59 saves, he's now said. Sorry, he writes his fours weirdly. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I mean, Ben Bounds was was the absolute rock for GB all, all tournament. And that, I think that shows 59 saves against USA, including an absolute howler of a save against against Jack Hughes, as, as Greff says, the number one drafted, uh, sorry, one, number one projected draft pick uh, this year. Um, just insane. Uh, but then we move on from the USA game. We go to Finland. Uh, again, another team um, that we, we expected a big score against. Uh, a team that are going at off in the final against Canada later on today um, and I have to say I'll, and I'll pass this over today to kick it off but I have to say uh, again another great game for GB and a result again that I didn't expect to be quite so low in terms of goals against No it was it was again a great structured performance from GB against a team that probably to that point relied on structure Um Along with the talent that they have, you know, um, uh, Capo Kaka, um, the guy who many predict will go second in the draft. If I'm honest, I'm New Jersey, I take him, um, but I suspect they won't. Um, that team was full of talent, but not as many NHL players. It was a very KHL dominated team this time around. But you look at some of the players that would have been available that were still in the playoffs, that would have made their team even more dangerous. Um, you know, the net mining has been solid all tournament. And their best net mind is still in the playoffs. That you know, that's your level of where the Finnish team were um, against the coach for Finland, who used to coach in the nineties, the, the Newcastle Jesters in the Super League year. Um, so again, it was a superb performance, and we went up against a team, and it were it was battling. It was hard work, 
but we made them to work hard as well. So it weren't like it was a walk in the park. They got some nice goals. Their second goal was brilliant. It was just well-timed and he waited to the point of the screen where Bounds could do a thing. And it, it weren't a case of the defence let him down. It was the, foot, the guy with the puck just waited and timed it to perfection. And that's the difference at this level. You can go against 1B, 1A nations and a bit of crash bang hockey. This is very much smart. You've got to be at your wits end at all times. You can't have a shift off, um, which we showed against Denmark. And that was the difference. I mean, so it, it, there was two late goals entered to boost the scoreline. But again, a performance from the whole team, which one that you could easily just be proud of. Yeah, I thought it was a really good performance from GB. I mean, it took till two minutes 33 left in the third period for them to get two quick goals. But before then, it was only 3 0. And one of them was a, an empty net goal. I mean, as you mentioned, Kapu Kaku, he only got not, he got zero points in that game. Kado against GB. Not good, not good enough. Jack Hughes, no points. No. David Phillips, points. <laughs> Three points. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I mean, that was the the one game where we we were like, yeah, we're not locking down properly. We're sitting down for this entire game because we were like pretty much up in the gods. You could say that was very. As a person that hates heights, it wasn't a good game. <laughs> but then. Having the Slovakians, their drummers, joining us, and they were actually drumming along to our songs. That was a, that was a. Oh yeah, we're actually doing really well. As it was mentioned on, I think it was like TSN as well. We were getting a good reputation across the world, which is better than what you could say for the, for example, the England football fans. They used to get a really bad rep. But that game as well, 5-0, it kind of flattered them a little bit. Because it was 3 it would it should have been a 3-0 game. I mean, we did put on some good shots as well on their netminder. He was just really good. Yeah, again, uh, can't, can't really say anything bad about this game. Uh, obviously, Finland start with KHL players, so yeah, there's not, not much to be expected of. But uh, the way that it went... Uh, but the scoreline, still pretty good. Uh, I, I think most people will probably expect him to be more of a blowout, but they gave him a good game, yet again. And um, it, it just shows the uh, willingness of, of GB, you know, even when they're getting even when they're getting beat under hard circumstances, they're still fighting. And, and, and they're still trying to get chances, they're still closing them down. Um yeah, Finland, great team, um, and uh, I think say Goli Lankinen. If if you don't get a NHL contract by next year, I, I don't know who will because Lankinen has been really good for the Finns. Yeah, I certainly expected a much higher scoring game again. Um, I actually asked. Um, Jess before the game I actually said to her what do you think the score is going to be and I have to give her credit she said 5-0 and I turned around and said what against Finland come on love and she <laughs> she repredicted and I, I did say to her I say if it, if it ends 5-0 you, you can have that that's fine um, and, and yeah I went off to hockey training on that Friday night came back and um, 
said to us, you, you're never going to believe it, but you got it right. <laughs> um, I mean, it's, it's just insane. Uh, it's actually the first time that Finland have beat GB, but uh, yeah, they, they did it. The scoreline 5-0, but they did it, in my view, they did it quite convincingly in a perspective of, you know, they, they, they were like, almost like the Islanders of the tournament in that they played a very, very strong defensive game. Whereas a lot of the teams, you watched USA, you watched Canada, whilst they were tight in defence, they were they were constantly pushing for the goals. Finland, it was like the the texture of not texture, the like the layering of their team. You, you'd make you ta- you tackle on one side, you'd make it, you know, you you turn over on one side, and the next minute there's another guy behind them and another guy behind them, and it was just like you were breaking through layers to get into their zone rather than just you pass one man, you've gone. It was just oh, you passed him, now you've got to get past him. Then he tackled, then you know, then the t- the, p- the possession turns over again, and it. it it was very, very much, I mean, in terms of strategy and in terms of tactically, Finland in that aspect were absolutely flawless. Uh, but to end that game nil-nil, uh, sorry, to end the period nil-nil in the first period against Finland was fantastic. Um, you know, again, pushing to try and score goals all the time, which was great to see throughout the tournament. Uh, but yeah, uh, I, I certainly didn't expect a 5-0 game. And I, I have to say, to say, I have to give credit to Jess for that prediction. Um but yeah, uh, Dave's also just said to me as well that we will tweet out a photo from the MFZ account of the view uh, that they had up in the gods from uh, for that Finland game. So we'll uh, we'll post that out shortly for you all to have a to have a look at. Uh, but now we move on to the penultimate game for GB in the tournament uh, against the host nation Slovakia. So very much a home game for uh, for the, the the Slovakian team. Uh, and I will pass over to once it first Dave Gref Andy. They're all looking at me. Dave's pointed to Greth, so we'll go to Greth. <laughs> yeah, why not? I mean, that the atmosphere in that rink during that game was it was incredible. It, we thought the Hungarian game in, in Budapest was amazing. This one was just even better. You had within like the first was it ten minutes or so when Slovakia went three 0 up. They were just getting more and more vocal with singing songs like you heard before on the intro as well as another song that was that got stuck in our heads as well and you also had that an annoying mascot going round I mean people probably think that Clangus is probably annoying in our league no this took it to a new level it was worse than Gritter wow that's how bad it was I think we killed the atmosphere a little bit when Hammond scored and then they got one back and it just went again. I think considering Whistle went in, was it the first period, halfway through? He played pretty decent. There was one goal that he probably could be faulted for, but the rest, he couldn't be. He even pulled off some amazing saves as well. That could have been even worse than the 7-1 scoreline. It's always going to be a tough game against the host nation. You know, their, their fans are part of building out. It'd be loud as anything. Uh, I'm surprised there's still a roof on that place, uh, after from what I heard. But, um, uh, yeah, not the best of games again. But, you know, against the host nation, where they've got all the home luxuries and uh, got some really decent players as well. You know, they still put, put up a good game. And, um, yeah, just, just, just fair effort to them. Um, you know, 
it's always going to be hard. But they did well. They stuck to what they did best defensively, and um, yeah, they did a pretty decent job. Gress touched on the atmosphere, but that was white hot. It was hostile in a fun way. But they made that place a fortress. They made the atmosphere. It was loud. It was intimidating. Um, what a, I know you will never listen to the guy, but the guy sat behind me was very loud and uh, helped loosen the the earwax I had. Um, thank you very much. Very loud, very irritating. But that you know, their fans they got behind the team. Um, that's what people think about us? They probably do, but you know, well, that's not the discussion we're having. Um, but as I say, we, we, we'll also put a video of the. Um, because what the Slovakians and the Czech fans do they, when they get so uh, at some point, they start bouncing, and to see the whole arena bouncing in in, in time and in tune, it was it was actually quite impressive. Uh, so we'll, we'll bang that out on the uh, the MSN uh, account. But that was the only game um, that you had the the, the team against GB put pressure on for checking um, straight away, and you had they, they hammered us straight away three 0 first ten minutes. That was it, GB. Not through effort or trying, just couldn't get back in the game because Slovakia really probably looked at the way they played and just went right. We hammer them straight away, we get them, and then we can control the game. Um, again, whistle came in cold because um, bounce came off for, for a precaution, and in that atmosphere, it's difficult. He he played well. Again, there'll be maybe one or two goals he may want to have again, but he he had an incredible account of himself, and he, he did as well against Canada when he had the last um, ten or so minutes. Pull off a couple of good saves that TSM was raving about. Um, so, collectively, in fairness, Whistle had a good tournament of the time he had. Uh, so, um, but yeah, there was no way. Well, I'll praise GB in one respect because it could have easily got nasty. Because you've got this big score line, you've got the crowd really getting behind the team and everything, um, and. They could have easily lost the structure and the discipline. Um, but they didn't. They kept everything. And because you've seen it before, you see British teams in European competition where they're getting blown up by the hopes by the home team and they start roughing it up. GB didn't. They they kept it where they could have easily lost it. Um so fair play to them on that. Uh, and that's in fairness, one thing I say for the whole tournament, they played very good tournament structured performances the results won't well, but they, they, they could have easily just played as individuals they kept playing as a team throughout the whole lot um so you know it was a night that will not forget if you were in the arena and to hear the atmosphere you'll not forget it um and and then uh, and, and then thanks to the Slovakians afterwards when we got back to Prezhov who were uh, Consoled us, um, shall we say um in the fact that they destroyed us with uh, many of the local delicacies shall we say would that be as poor lady would say a few bevies? Yes. <laughs> no, I have to say it was it was another game that I didn't get round to watching. Um, yeah, it was. I think we we'd um, had a hockey game just before, and uh, me and Jess went out for some food instead. So I have to say I wasn't able to catch the game. But again, you look at the score lines and you look at what was expected going into the tournament, and it, it's just it's night and day. It really is night and day. I mean, even against the host nation, going into a game like that and pulling off that kind of scoreline, you know, 7-1 to finish, a 3-1 first period, it's insane. And again, it's nothing that I suspect any GB fans expected going out there. Um, so to hold a zone even against the host nation with that extra benefit of 
um, you know, the, the crowd behind him and that atmosphere. It's just an immense achievement. Um, so then we move on. The final game of the tournament. Uh, and I have to say, we'll, we, we will refresh your memories. We will lead off um, with this. Texier wins it back. Well, there's nobody home. Jonathan Phillips. Can he beat Chakak Philly? Phillips turning down the left side. Knocked off the puck by Chakak Philly. Gets up out front. Davis! Literal chills listening to that, and I wasn't there, so God knows uh, what it must be like for you guys. Uh, well, to be fair, Gresh just told me it's going to have to be me that talks because they're, they're still going to get over the chills. So, um, yeah, I mean, what needs to be said? A 3 0 deficit against France. Um, what was, uh, can only be described as a pretty eventful second period. Um, Robert Farmer uh, would, as Aaron Murphy frequently said, a flair for the dramatic, putting in the uh, the third goal, which was has to be said a lovely finish. Um, ben Bounds absolutely standing on his head in overtime, turning away multiple chances for a French, to say the least. And then all of a sudden, Jonathan Phillips absolutely powering his way down the left wing, just as uh, just as we we often see him do, uh, but this time with a significant ending. Uh, he loses an edge. Gets straight back up. I have still no idea how he did it. Beautiful pass to Davies and Davies. Deeks the French goalie straight into the roof of the net. It's just, there's, there's not much more to be said, really. I'll, uh, I'll pass it over to Dave to, uh, to, to have his take. Yeah, um, just listen to that. And yeah, it's still. In Budapest, when Farmer's gone, and we mentioned it in the times of the podcast that that moment will. Um, will stay for a long time. Ben Davis kind of went, hold my beer. And he'll just raise the bar. Um, Phillips, two major knee surgeries. Bombs it down the ice, gets cross-checked. Able to get up, the awareness to lay the pass. Probably the, one of his greatest passes ever made. On the tape, Deet um, Hardy, I think the goal was, was Hardy, and gave him a stamp, uh, the goal is passport stamp to Slovenia uh, in 1A uh, next year. And just then, just, just the emotion in the crowd, um, you know, many folk were just jumping up and down, tears rolling down this, this, the cheeks. I'll put my hand up and no Griffith saying when I was, it was just the shock of it all. You know, 3 0 down, you kind of in your head go, okay, it's been an effort. Be proud of them to then go 3 1, 3 2, Farmer 3 0. And in the second interval, it was 3 2 down. Everyone's like, you know what, we've got this. We can do this. Just get the equaliser and we'll be fine. It'll happen. Farmer does that. 10 minutes to go in the third. And they get a awful call, shall we say, the politically correct version. You can imagine what words actually is appropriate because it was just the worst call for me given what was let go for the whole game to call it with four minutes to go and you just go you hear what you, you feel that the, the stands heart sink you're thinking it's going to happen they're going to score the winner and that's it it's going to be just heartbreak battled in that penalty kill Betteridge was hurt early in that penalty kill but stayed out it felt like it turned probably about 34 seconds and he was struggling to walk struggling to skate but he kept blocking shots he kept 
you know, the effort in, um, and everyone was just warriors. You know, Dowd scores the first goal, a nice pass from O'Connor, um, to just allow him to deke Hardy to make it 3-1, and we go, you know, okay, fine. Then Hammond out of nowhere, another shot from O'Connor, um, and Hammond just on the doorstep, thank you very much. And you just go, right, this is it. And the momentum went there. You then also had the crowd again behind the GB team. Everyone was wanting GB to stay up. Not because of these, but it's the way they've played for the tournament, the way that they've conducted themselves, the way the fans have been, they've brought an atmosphere that the World Champs hasn't seen for a long time. They wanted GB to stay up. I just walking in the concourse and outside, and there's many videos on social media, and if you haven't seen a search, and because uh, just the atmosphere outside, and like I said, many people in tears. We're talking blokes in the 50s, 60s, not never mind women, you know, just couldn't believe what just happened. This was the miracle on ice. This was our Lake Placid. That's the magnitude of staying up. I didn't think we would. I'll be honest with you. I didn't think we'd stay up. It's cost me £20 of the bet, and I'll happily pay it to the British Art Foundation. I generally felt we'd go down. But somehow, um, we're going to Switzerland next year. But two great stories. Um, so, after every tournament, the, the, the players will meet with the fans. And opposite, so you have the arena where it is, and next to it is like a, like a block of flats. And all the fans are outside, and they're cheering, and they're singing, and they're dancing, and all, everyone's come out of the flats. And I was like, what, what's this whole noise? And literally just had every flat on the balcony, everyone's come out of the flats just to listen to this whole noise. You've got like four, 500 GB fans. And then all of a sudden, about half an hour later, well, literally, you could, the, the team hadn't come out yet. So there's literally a constant noise of, of just celebration, basically. And then all of a sudden, the, you've got the police come out saying, you've got to move away. There's a coach coming through. Turns out, it's the French team. So the French team leave the arena, going back to the hotel, to a, let's call it a guard of honour. Um, from the GB fans who are like 10 deep either side where they literally drive through seeing all the red, white, the Union Jacks. And I can imagine that would have been a fun coach journey um, going through for the French. But the, the best picture so far, uh, someone caught it on where you've got the French coach just as Davis has scored. And just where he stood, it's behind the, the, the Coke Zero advertising on the bench. And all you've got is he's got his head and to the right says, oh, sugar. And I just like, yeah, their first relegation, and I think something like 14 years. Oh, sugar. But, but uh, yeah, that's, I mean, I don't know if Gref can add anything than, or just his emotion from that day, but that was one of the, the, the greatest sporting moments of my life. And like I said, we, we've said a number of times Budapest was there. This has just raised the bar significantly. Yeah, I think last year it was Robert Farmer, also as a pint. This year, Ben Davis owes us quite a bit of money because it's going to cost a lot more in Switzerland. <laughs> but during that game as well, it was just incredible. You had some, you had two big hits, one from Davy Phillips and then one towards the end of the period, I think it was, what, Ollie Betteridge through the hit? Yeah, on taxi A. And that was, they were both clean hits and they were both beautiful. During that game, when France got their first goal, the player that scored it, they tried to rile up the GB fans by, he just put his hands up in the air to say, yeah, I've just scored past you. Yeah, pretty much like that. And it's just like, great. And I think when we brought it to 3-2, I think that's where I sat in my seat and I was like, I can't watch this. But then I stood up, like 
about a minute before Farmer scored. Well, I stood up before then, almost thinking Farmer had scored anyway. Yeah. And he just missed. He went just over the bar. I think I, I was mentioning this to you as well. When John O skated down and got cross jets, I thought, oh, great. That's a chance lost. But I know then, obviously, he passed it over to Ben Davis. Nice deek, backhand, top shelf. Beautiful. I mean, I, I don't think I've ever jumped and screamed so much in my life. And I almost lost my heart as well. I mean, it won't be the first time I've lost a heart. Well, <laughs> <laughs> that was the, the game itself. I think after the game itself, all you could see was just smiles and tears from everyone. Tears mainly from the French. Yeah, but for other reasons. <laughs> How do you get to Ljubljana? I don't know. <laughs> I know, let's, let's hope they enjoy Slovenia. <laughs> well, I don't know many teams that would come back down from 3-0 and, um, and do what GB have done. Uh, I think had it been any other team, they would have just given up and, and just left it there and, and said, you know what that's it we're done we're going down not this GB team and it's not the first time they've done this they they keep surprising us you know um, and just the whole will and belief in, in that team is just something else uh, yeah pretty much, kind of speechless actually just 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 now thinking about it and, and saying it. Um, it it's just incredible and um yeah, I mean, David Phillips uh, taking out a Columbus Blue Jacket in Alexander Texier. Amazing. Uh, I will be making a... I will be ed- ed- editing that, making a wrecking ball with David Phillips riding it. <laughs> might be dangerous. <laughs> it, might be, it might be dangerous, yeah. Probably a few T-shirts. Um, but yeah. All right. <laughs> but yeah, um, I think the one... <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's a good shout actually. Shall we do that? Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, as soon, as soon as that first, um, I think it was a power play goal uh, from the reset. Uh, just six seconds later, Anthony Wreck three 0 You'd have thought, but you know, that's it. And then, but to, to come out of the way, did the farmer again? I mean, the farmer's always there, isn't he? In the big moments, he's there, and he slots it on from. Um, no, nobody thought it was going to come from behind and, and take a shot on. But if anyone else had thought, oh, you're passing the slot. Oh. And if, I think he caught the French goalie uh, hardly off guard. Uh, it was a fantastic play. Just just the um, sort of, um, trying to think of the word. <laughs> just a skill that farmer has and, um, you know, the, the ability to, to, perceive, to perceive something and do something completely different. Uh, that's his massive strong point of his. Um, just, just absolutely amazing. And Davies, what a goal! What a goal that was. Hardy, Hardy thought he was going to go forehand every day, but that play from Phillips to to get a face off and the speed. I mean, Phillips is is, is in his thirties now, thirty six, thirty six, and to his knee surgery and to have that speed that he has. He, he, he beat absolutely everyone, and 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 then um, when he got checked, he thought, "Oh, it was, it was a good chance, but almost had it, but not meant to be." But now he just gets straight back up. He finds Davies in the slot, 
um, just a beautiful goal. And um, no, it's, it's going to be incredible. And uh, if I've been to World Championships like, like I haven't, I was stressed. Um, everyone, yeah, it's expensive Switzerland, but go because you never know. You, know, you, you don't know what's going to happen next year. You have no idea. It could be anything, but it'd be definitely worth a visit. Just visit the place and to see what GB can do as well. It'd, it'd be really good. So yeah, I would recommend it and just just enjoy it, GB fans. Really enjoy it. So I think the word you were looking for um, to describe was magnifique. I think it was who we were looking for. Um, but we touched on it earlier on, one of the teams that didn't, weren't really impressed with, with, with the GB, was, was the French. The coach was, and the team, they were just saying for the time, basically paraphrasing, they shouldn't be here, they have no right. Um, some of the uh, responses after the game, which we'll not repeat, um, but Ben Baum's spot on, um, was... Um, there was testament to just the way and just show the joy. But one, the one thing I'll say, I've, I've, I've said it a number of times over the years, and this is, you know, as, as, as a Welshman, I know we've got the English rest of it, there's no better sound on foreign soil than the national anthem. Regardless of, you know, the, the individual country within the United Kingdom, there's no greater sound. Hearing that, when they, um, when they won, I... I Everyone belted it out, but the, you could just hear the lumps in everyone's throat. And, you know, the tears had sucked. And then it started again. It could just... I say, it was the first win at the top level for over 50 years. Um, and bizarrely, a friend of mine, who was actually in Colorado Springs, where the last time GB won at the top level on that day. It was really bizarre. And um, just, you know, just timing was everything. So... I say, you know, the, Joe said earlier on, it's chills. I listened to it, you could just picture the goal. Um, and I've done it many times, and I know Griff's done the same. I think anybody who watched it will have done the same. Um, they have script writers. This is this is miracle and nice too. You know, Disney will take this and sell it well. You know, the, everyone will go on the final who wins the world champion. That'll be the story. But if, for me... If the way GB performed and the way GB won over, because Graf said, you know, sometimes football fans do get a bad reputation and it's only a minority, but everyone was like, ooh, GB fans are like the football ones. Suddenly realised the only one to be scared of is the old ladies with the handbags. That's the only one to be scared of. Um, that's, that's, how you, that's the only thing to be scared of is the old women with the handbags and no disrespect to the old women who were there. Some of them are only really nice, uh, nice people. Um, we have gone off at this evening. We have gone a bit, but no. But it's kind of, for me, it's that, it, the GB team performance was the story of the world champs before the France game. Throw the France game in. And uh, for me, good luck finding a better story of the, t- of the tournament. It was almost like the uh, like the Mighty Ducks type finish, wasn't it? Do you know, like you always watch the Mighty Ducks and you think it's a Disney film. There's no way that they're going to lose the last game. It's always going to happen. And it was that kind of like, it was the Mighty Ducks finish. Because the thing that always baffled me about like Mighty Ducks and in, in a lot of them was the, the, the main game that everybody's celebrating isn't the, the, like that, the all-time winning game. Same as Goon. Goon's the same both times it's they've made the playoffs. It's not like, oh, they've won the full tournament. And that, that was the same thing. I mean, we're, we're celebrating this much, uh, uh, the incredible achievement of staying in that top division. Something that I am unbelievably happy about because I was we were hoping to be able to get over to Slovakia this year and, and weren't able to so 
to get the second opportunity potentially to be going over to Switzerland and watch it is just incredible. But um, yeah, I mean, you guys have summed it up. You know, we could all go through our accounts of it. We could spend hours just talking about this game. I think, and we will do again. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, Dowdy obviously goes forehand to backhand, top shelf. Ben Davies mirrors it for the fourth goal to take the win. Just incredible. And Dave, as you say, first relegation for France in 14 years. And my God, could you see it in their faces after that goal went in? Um, if you haven't seen the footage or the versions of the video to Titanic Music on the, on Facebook and the like, I strongly suggest you listen to it. Um, I think there's one that somebody put on which wasn't the goal and celebrations of the GB team. It was slightly more delayed and the Titanic music kicked in as it panned over to the French team, which is just even funnier. Um, but yeah, no, no, an absolutely incredible achievement and we look forward to hopefully being able to do an MFZ on tour podcast from Switzerland in a year's time. Um, hopefully, I say that because I've supposedly been going to the last two world champs. Um, Let's, let's let's hope third time lucky. It's not a sign. It's not a sign. Well, I'm going. So. <laughs> so we'll we'll move on from um, just the the unbelievable achievement from that surreal game, that surreal moment. I think everybody, every GB fan, experienced whether they were over in Slovakia, whether, whether they were over here and uh, just finishing work, you know, the surreal moment that we all shared of that, that kind of moment where you think we've done it. Um, whilst the world champs were in process over in Slovakia, there was some news over here, over social media, over, um, you know, across the, the fan bases, across the elite league. We said we weren't going to discuss any domestic league information, but this, with the link to GB, we thought this was something that was quite a good thing to discuss on this podcast Pete Russell um, has announced that he's leaving Glasgow clan uh, he will be leaving them to go to DEL2 side uh, EHC Freeburg um, I know that there's been a fair few you know there's, there's been a mixed response to this Glasgow's social media response was very much uh, we're bitterly disappointed Um you know, and and I think they used the phrase we we put the, the faith in him for a three year contract that he didn't he didn't hold in us. That kind of ruffled a few feathers. The, the bottom line is, you know, it's a great opportunity for him. You know, Glasgow have every right to be disappointed, but I don't think anybody's going to expect him to take any other offer or any. You know, the option and the the doors that it opens for him is incredible. Uh, Dave, what 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 do we think uh, to this move and for for Pete Russell and for the implications for GB? I think for Pete Russell, it's, it's a good move for him. It gives him a chance to put himself on the uh, the marketplace if he has a good season uh, with Freeburg. Um, you know, like Tomo, who in Wild Wings and got an extension to his contract, um, probably much to the um, dismay of a few Sheffield fans. Um, Corinne also went over again last season, was coach of the year in DL2. So... It's not just the players that need the opportunity to go to Europe and put themselves in the marketplace for better leagues. It's the coach as well. So to have Pete Russell going over, it's good for him. And, and you know, Glasgow will be disappointed. Their game plan for the 1920 season was Russell behind the bench to guide them to push on after a good season they had. And, and, and signing players that already have. But in fairness, whoever comes in will have got players who are good. So it's not like they've signed bench fillers, kind of say. They've, all the signings have been good. You know, decent signings. So in that respect, you know, you, you still probably pick him up. 
from the GB program perspective, however, um, it does create a problem because now, in terms of the three coaches that are there, you've got obviously Pete Russell as head coach, Corey Nielsen, Adam Keefe as the assistants. You've only got Adam Keefe, who is going to be in the UK watching and scouting the, t- the, the players. Knowing how Pete Russell does his business and how he you know, scouts and does his research, he will no doubt be requesting videos of, of games so he can watch it in between doing his work in Freebird. He'll need, if he's going to still be the head coach next year of the national side, he'll need another set of eyes. Not because Keith's not good enough. Keith's shown he's good enough to do the role for the national side. And you hear the reports, the players, either rookies or, or veterans, you know, like the Colin Shields and whatnot, and the Phillips, respect Keith for what he does for the national team. So he to help him, he'll need another pair of eyes to stay, to, you know, to, to bat ideas off. You know, you can talk in a pub after the game, oh, I think he should be picked. And let's say there's five, six friends, you do the same. He needs to do the same. He can't just be him to help him and help that side just go, Keith scouted all these players. He'll need another set of, of eyes. So it'll be interesting to see what Keith, sorry, what Russell does in terms of A, if he keeps the job, which I suspect he will, because he's gone through under 18s and 20s. He's, you know, he's, he's made for the job and everyone you talk to says this guy is not a screamer. He, he knows when to talk. He knows how to get players working again, whether they're rookies or they're veterans, you know, when you've got likes of Colin Shields, who was as well respected in the national program as any other player and saying, you know, this, per- this coach knows how to get the best out of every single person, regardless of their experience. You know, there that this kid is good and has done, well, he's done a great job, you know, one B promotion, one A promotion, stayed up in pool A. So, It'll be interesting to see how he does. I suspect he'll want to get another coach to help out with the scouting for next season. They've seen what they need to do next year and um, what, what they've done in Slovakia. They've seen the, the toughness of being in Pool A. And it's, it's going to be another exciting year, but it'll see, if you look at their preparation, it's what they're going to expand. And if it's just the games or it's just the coaches, because I say the Finland game, Gref, I think there were like five or six coaches on the bench. When you looked at our bench, there was the three. So it's, it's how they go from here to support Russell doing his job in, in Germany, but also as the national coach. Yeah, and also maybe with Russell not doing all the scouting, we might see Kieran Long on the GB roster next year. <laughs> you stole my line. <laughs> I think you mentioned the Finland game. We were looking down, obviously, because we were that high up. And we were like, why are there so many people in suits on the bench? Because obviously we're just used to a coach, well, a head coach and assistant coach, and then a physio, and an equipment guy, which is Taffy in for GB. And we're like, wow. But yeah, we're getting another coach that would be pretty good for us, for GB's sake anyway, especially if it's someone that's over in the elite league. And you wouldn't turn down the Manchester coach helping out on GB, would you? We know your life. Oh, no. I mean, of course I'd love to have Finner as a... Or even Mikey Moran. Homer Greff goes international. I can see it now. Finner with Hammy. With Dally as well. Dally, <laughs> <laughs> Dally. <laughs> we'll go with that. I mean... Can you imagine the video? Just like a take on... Uh, <laughs> We haven't got, well, as his nickname was Stringer, we haven't got Kieran Long on 
Storm's team now, so... Was Matt Gin's nickname Ginny by any chance? Uh, Ginner. Oh, well, sorry. We're close enough. Ginner with Finner. <laughs> Tammy with Danny. Yeah. Dally. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> sorry, Jeff, please continue. The imaginative sorry? nicknames as predictable as Gret's favourite picks for the <laughs> <laughs> I mean, who wouldn't want... I mean... To be fair, as before you even say it, Joe, he'll have a bottle. I hope he does have a bottle. As much as you you normally say, that I'll, I'll leave it at that. <laughs> Definitely. There's no playoffs in the World Champs, though. So no. depends if we get to quarterfinals. Well. I mean. What a story that would be. That's about as likely as us staying up this year. <laughs> oh, wait. Oh, wait. Oh, we did. <laughs> Bye, France. <laughs> yeah, first of all, um, Glasgow fans, yeah, I feel your pain. I can't understand, uh, you know. Um, it's on the contract, and then a few months, like a month or two later, saying, oh, I'm, 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 I'm off to Freiburg in, in Germany. I can I can understand. Why well, you're really a bit upset about that? Um, but the bigger picture is, you know, this is this is this is another guy from, from Britain who's getting another chance. It's another door that's been opened. Uh, They're gonna get Paul Thompson anyway. Yeah, possibly. And um, yeah, you just never know. It's just the, the experience that he could learn out there would be pretty much valuable to the for GB coming next year because it's, it's gonna be a lot tougher. Um, you never know who's gonna be who's gonna be in our group. Could be absolutely anyone at all, and it, it probably won't be quite as as easy as a ride as it was this year, even though it wasn't. So it it, it could even be a lot harder than it, than it was this year. So you just never know. But you got to be prepared, and I think the best preparation that Russell's going to get is just learn some experience and get better get better in himself. Um, I wouldn't really mind. Andrew Law coming in, coming in as, as, as another assistant, uh, as Graf said, if filling out about five or six coach on their bench. So I, I think Andrew Law would be another good player to add to the coaching team. Lost to Dita, possibly, yeah. <laughs> if he'd be interested. <laughs> a bit too far. <laughs> but yeah, um, <laughs> I'm just hoping this isn't the, the only door that's opened. Uh, you know, I hope there's a lot of other players on the JB team will get the opportunity to go overseas uh, to play yeah to, to, play, to, play, to play with better players and, uh, and and just gain some experience that they'll definitely need uh, for next year and for the rest of their careers um, you know it's experience that that'll be very much needed come next year if you want to stay up so yeah I, I think it's, it's a good move in the end um, you've got to look at the, at the bigger picture and things you know Glasgow can easily bring in someone else who, who could, you know, even doing better than Pete Russell has done for Glasgow. So you just never know what, what's what's around the corner. I guess. I mean, you know, just got to go with the flow, I suppose. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be interesting to see how it pans out for Pete Russell. Uh, big exp- uh, big opportunity for him moving forward. Um, it may be a bottom end DEL two side now. Um, you never know, he may take it like Corey Nielsen and, and help them progress up the table. It obviously opens more doors for him in Europe as well. So it'll be very interesting to see how that pans out for him. Um, 
moving on from that then towards the conclusion of this episode we've said that we're going to have the rumour mill game in every episode that we do um, the rumour mill last time was Tom Barrasso to sign as the head coach for the Nottingham Panthers uh, we're yet to see who is signing as the head coach for the Nottingham Panthers but we can confirm the rumour was completely made up by us uh, and so we will use the phrase you heard it here first if he actually does end up being the head coach um, but yeah that was it. that was last that was the last rumour mill Tom Barrasso going to Nottingham was completely made up by us um, the rumour for this week's episode uh, surrounds and it, it's staying world champs related isn't it Dave it is indeed and it's um, a couple of tidbits we heard out in, in Kashitsa so the, the, the rumour we, we got um, it surrounds Ben Bounce and his performance and Did you say Tim, I wish there were tidbits um, Tim Hortons would have been amazing um, is, is Ben Bounce actually heading to Finland um, to join up with uh, Tapara Tampera. Just saying it's because I know Joe likes it. But no, the rumour the rumor is that it, Tapara will be offering his, his services to uh, for Ben Bounds. Um, and in fairness, the link with Ben Blood, who was ex-Cardiff, Bounds had a superb tournament. I wouldn't be surprised if that is going to happen. I'm sure it's not Carpat. No, not Carpat. Different country. <laughs> Don't matter if Klagenfurt's in a different country, it's still the best name. Um, so, yeah, so that's your rumour for this week. Head to Facebook and Twitter once we put the polls out um, to tell us whether we fabricated that, whether that's completely made up or whether there is some substance to the rumour. Um, but for now, I think that brings us to the end of today's episode um we don't know i'll say this now as a forewarning we don't know when the next episode will be recorded we're all heading off on my stag do um next week so thursday is out of the out of the picture thursday through sunday is completely out of the picture so um keep an eye out on twitter and facebook obviously for the next episode popping up but we're not sure when that'll be yet uh, but for the time being it is thank you to dave Thank you very much. And I'll just sign off. Um, if anybody wants to go somewhere new in Europe, Slovakia, Prezov, Kashitsa, lovely places, do go. You'll enjoy it. Cheap place, but beautiful country. But you don't get the free shots when Slovakia aren't playing. <laughs> it's thank you to Greth. Thanks, Joe. I mean, as Dave mentioned, it's pretty cheap over there, especially if you go to the Eurobar in Kashitsa. It's. What was it like a euro for a pint and then like, like yeah, that's same for a shot probably even cheaper although those shots weren't that great we they taste them. yeah we still drank them they tasted horrible though <laughs> brilliant and it's thank you to Andy cheers Andy so when it's become a trip advisor podcast <laughs> um, yeah thank you Joe thank you Dave thank you Graf thanks for listening and Kieran Long, maybe this next year. <laughs> no, thank you to everybody for listening to another episode of My Fancy Zamboni. Thanks a lot.